2: Good morning. Welcome to SOGCast number 20. Today we are joined by uh, Robert Graham, who ran recon missions out of CCS. And as we get started again, we always thank Jocko Willink Productions for making these SOGCasts possible. Mm. And today is SOGCast 20. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, your unique history here with us because we've only had one other CCS uh, recon hatchet force man, and Marcus Witt. Mm-hmm. and uh, so glad you joined us and your history is kind of unique because you're one of the few Canadians who left Canada to come fight with Special Forces yeah. and then you ended up in SOG so how mm-hmm. did all that
3: start for you? Uh, well I was kind of a lost soul I was hitchhiking around Canada and and um, <laughs> ended up I ended up uh, actually joining the circus in uh, Calgary traveled with them for until they went back into the US and they wouldn't let me in the US and so I ended up buying a a 59 carmen gear and i drove down to acapulco hustled there because in the circus being a barker and doing what yeah. i was doing on the circus i learned how to hustle pretty well and, <laughs> and so i was living down in acapulco for a while and, and living off the uh, canadian uh navy sailors would come in that's was their rnr place sure And uh, so I made a little living there and stayed there for about a year, I guess, thereabouts, (coughs) excuse me, and decided, well, I better head back up to Canada, head back up to Canada. And I was traveling with a guy who had just gotten out of the Army. And, man, that sounds pretty interesting. So I stopped off at Buffalo and went into the post office, went into the Marines thing there, and I said, uh, well, I want to join the Marine Corps. I want to go to Vietnam. And he goes, oh, you know, yeah. outstanding. He said, but, uh, and I said, I'm from Canada, and, you know, oh, sorry, we, we don't take Canadians, uh, and there's a bunch of reasons why, but we don't take Canadians. And I went, oh, man, I really had my heart set on doing this sort of thing. And he, he said, why don't you go down the hall? The Army takes anybody. <laughs> 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 so I did. I went down the Army and signed and up. They and they did. Yep, I signed up. They uh, said, well, what do you want? Because you could pick your MOS, more or less, I guess, volunteer. Yeah. And I said, well, I want to be that guy. And it was the, that Robin Moore and Britain yeah. Bray poster and all that. you know. And he said, well, I can't do that, but we can get you um, airborne, airborne, airborne and uh, infantry. And I yeah. said, okay, let's do that. So I did my, you know, Fort Dix and AIT, and know, Benning and uh, ended up at Bragg and training group, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in uh, uh, training group. And I ended up going through Como. So back then you had to go through code school so the first part of COMO is I'm doing the old da 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 dit stuff, and, yeah. I, and I pass uh, the code school. As does this you other had to get the other Canadian fifteen
2: yeah, words per minute? Yeah.
3: So I got that, and then uh, the the other Canadian and I, they pulled us aside and they said, "Well, I, we can't let you go any further in COMO because uh, you don't have clearance, because from now on it's codes and, and codes and sure. and uh, pads, one time pads, and radios and stuff." And I, you know, oh, man, that just makes no sense at all. So uh, I they ended up putting me in O and I. <laughs> so so I went through O&I. Uh, anyway, graduated, uh, I guess there's probably about 15. And
2: O&I is the Operation Intel course. Right, yeah, That's fingerprinting, the, yes. and, you
3: know, interrogating, and just what a trip. Uh, so went through the O&I course. Uh, got uh, 15, about 15 of us were graduating, if I remember right, and almost all of us went to fifth group, went to Vietnam. Excuse me, landed in the Trang.
2: And what time frame here, Bob.
3: Uh, I'm guessing March, uh, March sixty nine, March sixty right. nine, and um, and so uh, we're sitting on uh, the guys sitting on the uh, on the bunker watching, you know, uh, minigun. Never seen a minigun fire before at night, which it's is cool, isn't it? yeah, very cool. <laughs> and the guy says, and the guy says, "Well, you've all volunteered for the C and C projects, so uh, you know." Oh, oh, thank you. Did you know you volunteered? No, <laughs> no, you've all volunteered for C and C, and so they split us up. I went to south, and the other fellows went to you know. Uh, central and north we arrived at uh at uh, bammy and they said um well were you thanks for being here you volunteered for recon company that's outstanding and (laughs) so i ended up recon company and got assigned to um team pick right away and stayed with team pick for a year and a half a
2: year and a half yeah
3: yeah like i said i only ran two operations with other teams because they needed me and i but everything else was team pick wow yeah
2: so that's quick it because that's mm-hmm. different. You, you didn't get the chance to volunteer. You had already volunteered
3: unbeknownst to yourself. Yeah, how many times you volunteered <laughs> to get through to that far? I mean, for the Army, for Airborne, for SF, for everything, you know? But Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, I volunteered, man. Love it. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Bambi Tour at CCS. Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, who was the uh, CO at the time? Was Curly still down there?
3: I kind of lose track. I know, Is that happened here? Is Curly the same as Hecklinger? I'm um, not
2: sure. Uh, God, I'll draw a blank. We yeah. called him Curly. So, anyways, but you... Curly describe? was there. Hechlinger sure.
3: Hecklinger was, was there. Um, we went through a bunch of Sergeant Majors. Billy Waugh was there. Uh, Brock uh, was there. And the other Sergeant Major was the fella that... Oh, gosh. And he's the guy that went from Bangkok and tried to sneak into... Uh, <laughs> uh, and got, him, got murdered. Uh, he tried to... Uh, sneak into uh, uh laos to try to rescue pows oh and uh, and they, he got murdered and they found his body and they brought his body back oh, damn i'll think of his name uh Mata morris was also sergeant major
2: okay and so, so you
3: get on rt pick rt pick the team leader was uh, uh fred winters mm-hmm. and uh everett coffer was the one one and i was the one two. So, so
2: what was it like? So was that a yard team? Yeah. Num? Yeah. No yard. Monte yard yards. Team. Yeah. Okay. All
3: yard team. All Rade tribe.
2: Rade. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how was that coming in from Canada?
3: Welcome to uh, RT Pick and you're dealing with Monte Yards. Well i uh, not really really wasn't new to me. I'd been my dad's career military okay. and, and lived overseas and he was in the diplomatic corps, so he's a military attache. And so I'd lived in New Delhi, India, and, oh. I, and you know various places. You've been around the world, yeah. So I, I, was, I was pretty good dealing with with locals. Certainly, so, yeah. That was another skill
2: set that helps. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, used it uh, all up until I retired uh, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so very good. So you're on you're on a team, and uh, so initially, how much? individual training because you were the new guy on the team did Mm -hmm. they break you in or did you find yourself running a mission pretty quick
3: right away yeah and i and in fact i was a radio guy and so i said hey uh uh, I really don't know anything about radios because I wasn't allowed because of the security clearance. So I don't know anything about these secret pads and one. I think they called them one-time pads. you right. Pad. right. The cat and codes. Cat codes. Yeah. And Fred Winters says, Ah, shit, that's bullshit. Come here, let me show you. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's your radio. There's here's and your you radio. And you never use Morse code again. You never use Morse code again. Here's your radio, the Prick Twenty Five. Right. And right. Uh, and uh, and uh, here's here the pads and you know. So. Yeah. And we were in the field real quick, and then we came back. I, I really don't remember anything about the operation, but, and I don't think we even got in contact. But we came back, and we might have, but I, I, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, Fred quit, and said, "I don't want to do this anymore." A lot of guys do that, as you know. Oh yeah. And he said, "I don't want to do that," so he went down the Quanloy, down the launch site, and so Everett took over, and I became the uh, one one.
2: One mission, one one. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Fred moved right up. Yeah. Yeah. Instant yeah. promotion.
3: The instant promotion. Uh, did you yeah, spend
2: yeah. all of money from your pay raise?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> I did buy a Rolex. <laughs> you did? Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh. Uh,
2: well that's our SF a lot of the SF guys had the Rolexes and then the uh Ring. The ring.
3: I gotta have the Star Sapphire. I didn't get that. Me I, either. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> no.
2: And we got our Seiko's. So mm-hmm. I'm cheap. The yeah. Seiko, you know, self wound, yeah. you, yeah. you could read it at night.
3: Yeah. It's a better watch. The Rolex is nothing. All it is is flashy and it sure as hell doesn't tell time well. (laughs) It may, maybe they're better now, but.
5: uh, Yeah, maybe. Uh,
2: So um, moving right along, because you had some missions that as time unfolded, they were historic in nature from some of the odds you came up against. Mm -hmm. And um, as you move forward, um, you see you get used to the base, your team is good. And uh, so, Everett was the one zero? Yes. And uh, how'd it go from there? So what was the first mission where you, like in my case, I had four missions, including a a couple in-country things just as practice missions Mm -hmm. where no CIB or nothing because there's no enemy fire of of
3: consequence. And so your mission, your first mission, you didn't get fired up. Right, yeah, I know that. I think that. But uh, after that, you know, I ran over 60 different operations. Uh, over, uh, you
2: kept track of that? So you uh, had that many? I lost track, but yeah. I
3: know it was over sixty, and I was over thirty as a one zero. Really? Yep. Um, and I said uh, I, I started keeping track, and I don't know why, but I just happened to remember it was over thirty, and it was over sixty total. Maybe you had and, to uh, do for
2: your air medals. You had to keep track of going across some bullshit medal, and then
3: I mean, it really is. All you got to do is fly twenty-five times, you get an air medal. You know? Okay, uh, but you got to uh, document it. Yeah. I remember I had to keep my yeah. flight log. Yeah, I got I, I got a couple of those. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but I I would say of all the times, I can't remember any time, maybe once or twice, where we did not get in contact. Sure, you know we were in contact all always all the time, and usually, uh, right off the uh, LZ. Oh, is that lots, right? Lots of times, right off the LZ, got in contact. In fact, <clears throat> one of the big lessons <laughs> lessons learned, you know, because you you don't learn this stuff back at the, at the base or whatever. Right. Got off the. Uh, the LZ and, and uh, waited and made sure everything was kind of cool and choppers left, walked off the LZ, didn't go but 25 yards, and, uh, and didn't make contact, but the, the point guy and the, somebody over there started yelling at each other, so we knew, we, we, and we could tell, okay, something's going on here, and, uh, and so uh, then there was some firing going on between the, the point man and the, the other bad guy. And so we all turn around uh contact uh, to the chopper get them sure. back in because they hadn't been gone you know that right. far. lessons learned you know had my antenna tucked down right so i you know, pop the antenna up we're all running back the same trail that we came down from the uh the lz, LZ. and so they, they had set up a hasty ambush let a, let the team leader go let the the uh, interpreter go let the team leader go another indige and me and i came up and i got shot no yeah he waited that guy waited for the radio guy they're pretty smart dudes oh these yeah guys. waited for the radio guy i got shot right here but it hit the um bolt assist on my car no yeah <laughs> and and it picked me up uh you know threw me off to the side and uh and coffer yelled at the uh, lasso behind me and he goes uh he says pick up graham he's been shot and uh, and I do my, as I've done several times, <laughs> you do fingers and toes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> and you I'm know? still alive. That's I'm thinking, still, uh, therefore, I'm alive. Yeah. So yeah. I rolled over, started to shoot in only one round. It was already in the chamber one round. I went, what the heck? And I, I tried to, uh, oh, that's when I saw it. Yeah. And so I just threw it over my shoulder. And the only thing I had was a little browning. At least you had a Browning. A little, yeah, but with a little twenty-five vest pack, vest—what do they call it? Vest pocket. Browning. Yeah. Little little teeny Browning. Oh. A twenty-five. Oh,
2: a twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah,
3: like you can hide it in the palm of your hand. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Twenty-five caliber. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we ran back. We and I, you know, fired a big deal. Racket, run back up in the chopper, and get on there, and the door gunner was going, "What the hell with a pistol? Man, you damn thing!" And I went, "I showed him." Yeah. And he went, "Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> You see his mouth moving and uh, <laughs> off we went, you know. Yeah, so but that was lessons learned, you Boy, know, and learned. We did, you know, all kinds of stuff you do. Oh man, okay, thank yeah. god I'm alive, but i not now I know I won't do that again, you know, kind of thing.
2: Indeed, yeah. And so, you and um, Bill Deasy, and uh, trying to think who else. You're the third guy that I know that got hit with the CAR-15.
3: I got hit again. Um, with the CAR-15? Car yep, yep. Uh, Twice? Hit the, yeah, hit the front sight of my weapon, Yeah. and it shattered from here, opened my nose up, open up, that's where this all came, opened all that up, and it has shrapnel all the way from here down to here, and there's a lot of it still in there. No kidding. Yeah, when I go to the dentist and they do x-rays... <laughs> I got to tell them uh, no, no, they say something's wrong with the machine, no, 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 now I just tell them, look, you're going to see there's a lot of shrapnel in here, a metallic yeah, yeah, oh my God, and It goes off and you go through the, is it enough at the airport, no, you can turn the sensitivity up on them, Okay. like the wands, and, yeah, yeah and you yeah. can play that, but I don't know if it's fillings or <laughs> metal or whatever, you know so, but there's I had to um uh, I couldn't shave because the pieces kept coming out for years, no so I used, had to use an electric razor, yeah um. And now I can shave, it's all, nothing really coming out. The Last piece that came out was at the tip of my nose. And uh, when I went over to VA, who I've gotta give a lot of respect to VA nowadays. Yes. Back in the day, they weren't so hot. No. But uh, uh, if you had to get off the first floor, because the <laughs> first floor were the drugs, the druggies and the winos and all that kind of stuff. But the doctor took a look at me and, and uh, had my nose, and there were the it was a, a school. Uh, a VA has a uh, with a medical school the right. university I yes they in, got a uh, lot of that
2: set up uh, like that
3: wilmington in wilmington delaware where i was okay. working okay sure and uh, he saw this cystic boil pussy looking thing and he, he uh, they put me in the hospital immediately and they said uh, we have to fix that because we can't put plastic surgery on that it's it's going to screw your nose up kind of whatever i don't yeah know. and so they opened it up did something they took the piece out and it wasn't metal it was a piece of wood and uh which is kind of strange you know i mean i know when i got you know when i got shot there and i rolled over and I, maybe i got in the dirt maybe there's some you know wood or i don't know but
2: so this is the first time you got shot in your car 15 or a second yeah. time your car you and your car 15 got shot it was both times
3: <laughs> both times. shot here with the, with the one car 15 on the yeah. bolt assist and it was it was a that was actually not even on my team uh, that was the second operation I ran without my, my team. This was with... Um,
2: you strap uh, hanging.
3: I was, I was strap hanging with Pop Taylor, and he was on uh, Team Mala. And I, I was on stand down because I was going to I was gonna go to uh, Australia on R&R, and I was really looking forward to that. And uh, he said, well, look, this is, we're only going to be there for maybe a day or two. This is going to be a hot one, but I could use an extra person. And so I and he, no responsibilities, just guns and ammo. And I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come with you. And um, and uh, so I always carried my shot off, 70, M79, and I had a vest with 25 rounds in it. Plus, I just a whole boatload of, of ammo in oh, my car. And uh, so we were going through the this um, flat, grassy land, which is, man, it's, that was nice. Instead of, you know, doing yeah. the up and down, flat land, <laughs> nice. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and we saw them and they saw us at the same time and they were coming up this high speed trail or a trail and there's three of them I never forget it they both had they all had the pith helmet sure. regular nva heavy heavy looking rucksacks the guy in the front and the guy in the back had rpds you know like the m60s oh, of course yeah both of them rpds and the officer who i assume was an officer in the center had an ak and they stopped and we stopped and we got down and they got down and, and i could see the officer so I went behind this tree and I had it, my, uh, you know, had it braced up so I could sure. ho- hold it steady, and I was just squeezing that round off when I got hit right there, like right, pow, hit that uh, front sight of my weapon. No. Yeah, and bounced me back, and I th- that was a short mission, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was that one. There's two cars. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I got a picture of the one uh, of the front sight, and I didn't take a picture of the bolt assist, which, I, and I know these. Got DC shot, has it, yeah. yeah he, got, he got hit too. Was Bill down there with you at the oh, time? Yeah, I knew DC. Yeah. Oh, of course. I see him all. You know, he was an air traffic controller?
2: Yes, of course. Yeah. After yeah. after Vietnam. Yeah. He
3: was an air traffic controller up in New York City area. Yeah, in Jersey area, yeah. yeah. That's right. I think he was there even for 9 11, wasn't he? Or was he there for 9 11?
2: No, I forgot to ask him about that. Yeah, I can't. I haven't seen Bill in a few years.
3: Boy, he's a, he is wrapped tight. Oh, to yeah. Be, a, be an air traffic controller. I said, wow. <laughs> I love him to death. man. Well, and
2: just for our listening audience, Mm. uh, when Bill's story on that uh, the History Channel had a production called Suicide Missions, and then they changed the title to um, Dangerous Missions, the BPC, because Mm -hmm. suicide after 9-11 just didn't sound nice, and the History Channel changed the title. But more importantly, Bill's story was he's getting extracted, and then the helicopter gets shot down and lands on him. Mm. And he survived a helicopter landing on him. I mean, actually getting shot down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, then uh, when he gets, uh, they finally get pulled out the uh, on ropes. The door gunner had him or the medic, and they were just holding Bill all the way back. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, mm. one of those crazy stories. But yeah. you know, not many guys like you get your car 15 shot twice, yeah. and Bill one of those few that had a helicopter shot down and lands right on top of
5: mm-hmm.
3: him. But
2: somehow he survived it all. Yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yes.
3: And there's no reason for it.
2: Yeah. it guess, no it luck- rhyme or reason. Yeah, is it, is
3: it, is it lucky, I don't know. I don't Either know it's I mean. your
2: time or it's not. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So um, as, you, as you're as going on with, uh, you get back to your team, so uh, was there any time to rehab, you had to get sewed up? The medics took good care of you or did they actually yeah. send you to a, a hospital they nearby? Sent me to,
3: they sent me to, uh, flew me to Cameron Bay and so I was at the hospital at Cameron Bay. Yeah. And uh, I woke, all I remember is I, I was on the table and I, and I opened my eyes and big spotlight and I figured, man, it's like a heaven, you know, like <laughs> you know. You died and gone to heaven. to heaven and uh, not exaggerating, uh, the doctor's heads came in and then I saw the two doctors come in and one guy went, like that no I, oh man I thought oh man it's I'm that. not pretty anymore yeah you know <laughs> and uh he says well he said what kind of nose do you want and I said I just want my nose back and he said well I, I don't know what kind you had so I'm going to give you a little ski jump <laughs> so no. But they, they packed um gauze up inside and then sewed me up and uh, I was there for uh I guess I was there for about a week uh-huh. uh and then they wanted to send me back because if you get a head wound you automatically go back to the states
0: Oh, is
2: that
3: right? Yeah, and I said, uh, I said oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. And they were pulling the, this gauze. Oh, that was hardly painful because it's crusty and it all solidified sure. inside. But they're pulling the gauze out. Uh, and I've gone through this operation s- several times since. So they don't use gauze anymore. It's a little plastic insert that they can, you know, make it work. But anyway, uh, I kind of looked around. and I uh, packed up all whatever I needed to pack up. And uh, man- I don't know how I managed, but I got a chopper ride back to Bammy to it. And, cause Instead I was, of going back to the yeah, States. I, no way I was <laughs> heading back to recon. So I went back to Bammy to it, and um, and I, the uh, recon, uh, the company commander kind of said, Hey, Graham's, Graham's back, so... Uh, He said, Graham's coming back, so I must have gotten in touch with him to get a flight back or somehow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he went to the recon guy. He said, listen, his face is busted a pretty bad, Ben. Don't make fun of him. All right, let's let's, let's treat him okay. Because we know what a sensitive guy you are. Yeah, and so they all started laughing at me. Of course. Of course. So, Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I forgot about Deez. Yeah. Yeah, and Deez. So you get back,
2: you heal up a little bit more, and then when's the next time you find yourself on the
3: ground with uh, the R.T. Pick? I don't know how long it would take me to, because I was pretty well patched up. It wasn't that. I mean, this, you know, this is all sewed and this is all sewn up. Still got some scar. I grew a mustache because I had the powder powder burns from when my weapon got hit. I guess it must have fired, or something, because there was a brown, black, uh, like a tattoo mark on my uh, upper lip.
0: No, uh, that's why I grew
3: a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was back up pretty quick. I mean. yeah, yeah I, I, so the next mission you used went out and did not get you and your car 15 shot correct yeah this one I probably ended up getting in contact but uh, you know it was just another one I don't know what we were doing Indeed. Um, we, You know, we did wiretaps and trail watches and road watches and bomb damage assessments and stuff
2: no kidding you did the whole so talk oh, a little right. bit about um, training up getting ready for your first wiretap did you have the basic cassette unit yeah, what did you have for your think, wiretap equipment or because you're still the one one yeah the and one I, zero I and
3: had the, the one zero had a, had all the wiretap equipment and I don't I don't remember other than it wasn't very big right it was
2: like remember the cassette like, players back in our day yeah it was like, like the that. cassette players yeah. we had and I trained up our indigenous mm-hmm. on it and yeah. said tap that phone mm-hmm. and they took cool. care of the rest cool. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't
3: climb a telephone poles faster than the Vietnamese could yeah, yeah yeah indeed these were ground the ours was a, a, a landline really yeah what was that yeah. like it was a big piece of telephone cable I guess it was telephone cable that's what yeah. they, that's what he was tapping um, and I think like the fellow was saying yesterday uh, if I remember <clears throat> it didn't take very long for them to find out that what we were doing and uh, and so uh, we didn't stay there very long we probably <laughs> got shot out again you know
2: indeed yeah but at least you did it and then you went mm-hmm. back you turned the cassette over mm-hmm. at some point spook and spook ink would pick it up yep. and you would never hear another Nothing. word nope yep. Never take her you. To, yeah.
3: yep. yep take her back to saigon and that was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: oh my yeah. god so uh you did a few wiretaps just one and then one. um what was your first bda like bomb I did, damage one. Assessment.
3: I did one and it scared the crap out of me i believe um, it. well just for our listening audience is that a bomb
2: damage assessment is a special mission for us after a B-52 strike. And so as the Air Force in his infinite wisdom said, look, we're gonna do a B-52 strike, it's an arc light, and we'd like you guys to go and take some pictures. Just show us how, you know, assess the bomb damage. And so it's not a problem. Don't be dazed and confused. Nobody's gonna bother you guys. Go and take some pictures and come on back. Maybe. You can have a picnic while you're out there, <laughs> and then come on back. But yeah. uh, the reality
3: of being on the ground was you found what? Well, uh, nighttime. Really? Uh, nighttime, and I'm in the RON, and uh, you know, we, we undo our boots, and that was it. Lean back on your ruck, and, uh, and everybody takes turns doing the thing. And uh, I woke up, and I was, I was kind of dozing off, and I woke up in the air off the ground like that, and bam, like this and that. Hell, and then I could hear them. People don't realize, but you hear the bomb just like in the movies. You know, whistle, yeah, you know, multiple times, and uh, boom, 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 and uh, we were, if I remember correctly, I thought we were a thousand a, a click away, a thousand thousand meters away, right. which is pretty damn close. Pretty damn um, close. Probably too close <laughs> if you wake up in the middle of the air. But, uh, but wait a minute,
2: the bomb damage assessments pose a captain after they bomb. <laughs> yeah. You guys get inserted before yep, they bomb. That is correct. Yep. Oh, that so is correct. I've never uh, talked to anybody that's yeah. been flying through the air courtesy of, a, a B, of an arc light. Yeah. What not, the hell that feel like? That's
3: why those guys, <laughs> uh, that Republican National Guard, you see them all surrendering after the B-52. Yes. I understand fully. do <laughs> <laughs> would not want to go through that. No. So, but it, it, when it hits in, in the jungle, when the bomb hits and it creates a, a, a perfect uh uh, bunker situation to hide you know hunker down in and get attacked but getting to it is is almost impossible because all the trees that were here are now laying down flat as an outward spikes right and as you go further out from that circle they get they start standing up more and more and more but to get through from where they're standing up into that area it takes a if you need to go there right um so you usually end up going around because you know what it is but uh they don't last very long because the bad guys have sent in their folks to find a to rescue who's been shot, and uh, so we got shot out of that one pretty quick. And we, I mean, we went towards that first thing and uh, and got I can't I can't remember how it all happened, but we got in contact again and uh, and beaded and back and got pulled out. I don't know whether we got pulled out by strings that time or not.
2: Yeah, uh, and so majority of the times you're down are you. Uh, we had the uh, 20th uh, Special Operations mm-hmm. Squadron, the uh, Green Hornets, the Air mm-hmm. Force. And loved then you them. had the 195th kwan and Loi- uh, yeah. with Don Hassey and his boys. <clears throat> and uh, so those were your main units that you had supporting you at that time? Yes,
3: that's it. We had um, the uh, 20th SOS, loved them like brothers. Oh, we yeah. all hung out together. Uh, didn't hang out with the 195th guys that I remember in kwan uh, because Kwandoi was just a launch site, sure, more or less. You know, not a launch site to go out to the A team to launch. Right, but it's it, 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 they had their own thing and they didn't really hang out with us f- I, for no particular reason. They may not have been able to get into our little compound. Right, right. In Kwandoi was a big base compound uh, or base area. And, yeah, and I'm not familiar
2: with that. So that's yeah. where your launch site was at for CCS. One of them.
3: Yeah, sometimes. Well, inside the Loi was our little concertina area right that uh, and i don't they probably couldn't get in We'd, sure it you know, wouldn't be allowed but that was one of the and it's not it's like a pre-launch site i guess okay i, I don't remember actually launching out of kwanloi but you'd get to kwanloi and then they you chop her out to an a-team somewhere budap buprang or whatever oh you went to and budap then, we were there yeah
2: we lost out of F O 6 and i don't know
3: some that might have been the one up north but there's uh, all the a-teams that are strong in that area were places that we would launch out of and well, you know,
2: like well, I don't know about you, but we learned later that bootop had been closely, almost overrun, mm-hmm. and that A camp had all kind of, you know, we just flew in there because the twentieth was there, yeah, and we had Thanksgiving dinner with them in '68 after a mission, and uh, years later we learned that bootop was really hotly contested. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get any extra peripheral action like that? No. But so straight in, and then you launch from one of the a sites.
3: Yeah, we'd launch from the a sites. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they were that close. Yeah, you know. So yeah, we'd launch and go in. What I I mean, thirty miles. Yeah, Yeah, is that about about right? I I don't know. But the interesting thing, or the the thing about us, as you know, uh, the U.S. government had made a uh, an agreement with. with, um, Sihanouk, I guess he was the head of Cambodia at the time. Oh, yeah. Allowing no, there was no uh, aircraft. No, no nothing fixed was wing. Allowed, no fixed wing. Nothing was allowed except choppers and a, and a small recon team, and that was it. And so we we didn't have assets, I mean, other than the choppers. And, so, of course,
5: the
2: 20th had those mini guns.
3: Yeah, when they worked. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, they were kind of new. You know, it's like the old... Uh, m72 law you know like oh yeah yeah uh, when they work they're pretty good when they, they work. work yeah when they work when
2: they work yeah. the people at the lang vey the uh, february of 68 when they got overrun they learned that uh many of them didn't work yeah and and they figured out why later but like apparently they came in with the shipment and they dropped them and so it disconnected the key connectors so oh. a lot of the laws didn't fire yeah here they have their st- a tank in your site, yeah. click. Yeah, bunker. Click, click. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But uh, um, I got off point there a little bit. So so you Just launched from ramble. those sites. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And we know we had, uh, we used the, the, um, the Green Hornets and their mini gun Worked perfectly for us, mm-hmm. unfortunately at that time. Mm-hmm. So you had times when that was an issue. where They'd be come flying in, and all of a sudden, all you'd hear would be the click. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I guess I can't. And it may not have been the Green Hornets. It might have been the One Ninety Fifth. That had did they have many guns down there? Yeah, yeah. Maybe theirs didn't. work. I can't remember. Could have been either one. But there was know. there had to be a <clears throat> moment
2: in time where you're on the ground, you're in contact, you yeah. ask for a gun run, you didn't get it, yeah. and so meanwhile your team is there. Mm fighting on so how many how big man. was your team when you usually ran
3: would it be a six eight man or a six no i try to go with five five yeah two uh, uh, me and one other American right and my three yards okay and that was and we, we were all pretty tight pretty you know we, real tight we, yeah real tight had a good team really yeah. good team and uh, sometimes we'd go with a bigger team if it needed or I'd take an extra American if he's brand new and he's gonna be a new guy on my team so I'd take him so he could learn right and uh you know, honestly with you, half the time he ran that one operation and quit. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it was all, as you know, you could quit if you wanted to. Oh, yes. yeah, volunteer. That was yeah.
2: seriously volunteer. And you didn't yeah, want somebody yeah. on the ground, like what Lynn Black came up against, his 1-1 was prayed throughout the entire mission, <laughs> never fired around in anger. Yeah. And uh, you don't want that. No. No, no, you got to have no, guys yeah. that are able to work the yeah. car. That's it, man so what was your basic uh, um with only five men what was your basic load that you carried for your web gear weapons
3: my sawed off 79 had 20 i think it's 24 20, it's either 23 for some reason or 24 rounds probably 24. okay and i'd take um depending on the operation uh i'd take um, uh, he and uh probably about half he and half flechettes, which i don't think they issue anymore Really? Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned it to one guy, and he says, "Yeah, we they outlawed them or something."
2: And they have and one CS for good luck. Just um, in case you had to break contact.
3: Could have been. I I, I can't remember. We had. Um,
2: but twenty four rounds. Twenty four f- rounds.
3: Yeah, twenty four rounds on my on a sawed off M seventy nine. Indeed. Yeah, and probably
2: for your Car fifteen, yeah, you um, had.
3: Um, I'm thinking four hundred. Okay. But that's a heavy load. Oh yeah. So it might have been a little bit less. But uh, I I always went heavy on ammo.
2: And you always yeah. carried your uh, 25 Browning with you? No,
3: I gave no, I was a, <laughs> I gave it to some other guy. <laughs> I got rid of that. Why? Well, actually, the only I didn't have anything. Also, I, all my sidearm was my sawed-off M79. Sure, and you,
2: so when you're just uh, moving on routine patrol, you would have like a flechette round in there or something like that.
3: Probably, yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. And yeah. then um, and my first magazine, like you said yesterday, was all tracer. Really, I, did, I didn't think anybody else did that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting. It's like it's like aiming a mag light. Oh, yeah. You know, like, mm, you're right there. You're not missing, you know. And if you shoot it down and you can watch it, walk up to them and they see it, you know, then they duck so they don't <laughs> shoot back. That's uh, a plus plus. That's,
2: a, yeah. I never thought about that one.
3: I said, okay, so man, that burns up that barrel. I so, said, uh, I'll get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so the
2: first two seconds, they're kind of crucial. Absolutely. If yep. you don't get fire superiority,
3: yep. just kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah. That's why. Um, uh, my yards all wore pith helmets and AKs and I wore a pith helmet oh is um, that right which is kind of goofy as tall <laughs> skinny as I am with a, with a pith helmet on but all you needed was that that one second uh, where they they hesitate for a second what, what the hell is that and then bam so, is he a Russian yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, uh, I would love to have caught a Russian I would have made lots of money on those oh absolutely Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Did you run into any any other foreign troops like <coughs> the Chinese down there, or um, you just came up conventional NVA? Did, yeah. did also the NVA recruit some of the mountain that came against you there?
3: I think we had a, a VC. We, I think we had a guy on our team that was uh, one of the bad guys, and I never took him to the field. Right. Yeah. And the other guys, kind of nobody. I guess he kind of fit in a little bit, but nobody really liked him that much. And uh, and. Uh, uh, but I kept my eye on them, and I just never took them to the field. Sure. I had my standard group of guys that I, uh, There's probably maybe five, six guys that I would, you know, move around for different things, and um, and my one, inter- my one interpreter, but he, he quit. He got too nervous, and he didn't want to do it anymore. So, but we didn't really need an interpreter. Because when you're in the field, a, it's all hand signs. Yeah, and you know what you're doing. And, you know, if you have been doing it that long, and you know what you're doing. You don't really need an interpreter.
2: But that's oh. that's also indicative of the unique side of uh, our, of the SF men hmm. training, working with the indigenous troops to a high level of competency when you're on the yeah. ground, there's mm-hmm. no talk, no need for an interpreter yeah. and uh, you're able to, to run a five-man team.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow
2: I like mm-hmm. that yeah And yeah. so as things went on, the the, uh, Daniel, the the code name for Cambodia was Daniel Boone. And uh, did the you find the AO situation changing uh, more intense contact and uh, anything like that that Absolutely. came along for you?
3: Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> it's the eighty ninety targets, the the Parrot's Beak fishhook areas that they always got heavy contact there, and we, and a lot of the operations were. And there was
2: more right. hilly, right? the other targets yeah. in Cambodia were more flat, yeah. mostly.
3: Yeah, and but and the but the Parrot's Beak. I mean that was just you, you know you're going to get shot out. I mean, so no you, kidding. You, yeah, you always got in contact there. Well, we got in contact everywhere, really. Sure. Then, I think the length of the operations, were missions were, maybe seven days. So maybe I don't. Think, yeah. Well, you know, we were told that. five. We planned yeah. for five, but yeah.
2: seldom in for five. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah. And so, did you plan on uh, picking up water along the way? Or did you carry mm-hmm. the extra canteens? Or did you? Oh, or, picked up water. Yeah, had your purification pills. Yeah, pills. I
3: don't know if that really worked, but uh, never got um, dysentery, as far as I know. Yeah. And so. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, pick it up with the streams, the river. Indeed, which is a dangerous thing to do, but. Yeah, but if it down. you down,
2: Well the team did it one at a time. Yeah. There's a way to do it the right way and the wrong way. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: And we've seen other people
3: that have done it the wrong way and pay the price. We uh, <coughs> actually were filling our canteen, uh, coffer, <coughs> team leader ever was uh filling his canteen down in the river and we were all and there was a a, a trail along the river right between two base camps and that's what we were in there for to try to find out some information about the base camp and uh and i'm you've got guards up and down on both sides while Everett's getting the canteens filled and uh and here comes a guy walking down the trail no weapon just just walking just, just walking down the trail and i jump out and uh you now, chuhoy I, th- I don't know if i hit him somebody told me i hit him but anyway <laughs> I, it was a chuhoy and uh, uh, and uh, he, we turned him around they tied up his arms behind him yeah and uh and we took off uh, you know 90 degrees from there i'm uh, that radio guy and I said, you know contact you know and, and i have a the I code know, for pow I, yeah i don't know what the code was it's a yeah. number of some kind i got a one eight or whatever it was and if i actually say that again <laughs> yeah, I am I. You know what? You know. Repeat last transmission. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and so they launched assets. I mean, of course, man, and um, and took us. Uh, we didn't even go back to the launch site. They flew us right directly into Bammy to it. Really? Yeah. And the guy, the bad guy. That's a funny story. The, the, the guy he crapped himself on the chopper, and uh, and there was another American there, and, and a good good friend of mine, uh, Dave Paul. And uh, uh we call him funny because he's the guy with two first names. Yeah, right yeah. Dave Paul. And, and <laughs> anyway, he, he sat on him because he didn't want him jumping out or getting freaked or whatever. But he said, "Man, he shit himself." We get him off, <laughs> and we got pictures of when we get. Of course, they hand you the beer and you know and all that kind of stuff. And I'll there's some forget. pictures for that, aren't there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget Troy Gilly, who I, I love to death. He's one of the few officers that I had a tremendous amount of respect for. Absolutely. You know, but Troy.
2: Troy's one of a kind. Yeah,
3: and Troy. um uh, uh, came up to the guy and put his arm around his shoulder, and he said something that comforted the guy. He says something basically like, "Hey, we're not going to hurt you, man. Everything is cool. Just take it easy." And the guy, you could just see the guy just uh, just relax. Yeah. And uh, so we didn't know anything about it, and they uh, uh, flew him off to Saigon or wherever to be, uh, you know, interviewed and uh, interrogated, interrogated, and uh, ends up that he was a cook. And he was going from, he was a head cook, and he was going from this camp to that camp, you know, sure. running menus or doing whatever. And, um, and so everybody came back and they started laughing, man. You gotta cook, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, fuck you. But I got, yeah. <laughs> but, but I got my $200 in, in seven days in Taiwan. You got your seven days? Seven days in Taiwan, which it's funny, because two, 200 bucks ain't gonna last long in, in uh, no. R&R. And so uh, I, called, I got hold of my dad yeah back in canada and i said man i i sure could use some money could you send me some money he, he sent me a thousand dollars on um on uh, western union western union yeah no kidding Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what
2: was your rank when you got in vietnam and when you got to your pow what was the uh, what was your rank at that time were you
3: sergeant i, I had to go to <clears throat> i had to go up to play coup to become an e6 and that was out uh, and uh so i, I uh PO. So when you get so in country, sure you come right out of training group. <clears throat> I think I went in as a sergeant. Didn't we all get there a sergeant? No. Oh. okay. Well, in my
2: case, I got demoted before I went over. So I, I arrived as an E deuce. Maybe we
3: all. Maybe I did too. <laughs> I, I can't remember. No.
2: Well, and, after training group, a lot of uh, for our people like on you where you, you're uh, the uh, baby SF program. Mm-hmm. You come in, do basic AIT, jump school, training group. So that's about a year by the time you're done yeah. your mos is commo mm-hmm. so within a year you're done a month R before you deploy and then you go to nom mm-hmm. when you land there you might be a pfc for sure maybe an mm-hmm. e4 or spec four, because that was a commo uh mos and all of our guys were e4s eventually
3: yeah it was never a spec it was always either pfc mm-hmm. or or well, you yeah, go to PSC oh, yeah, as a three, right, yeah. then spec four, because yeah. MOS, then you're a sergeant. No, I just don't ever remember being a spec.
5: Well, you've been so no busy running recon. Well, you didn't did have you,
3: corporals? They did, but
2: for that MOS. Again, this is military's talk now. Yeah, I don't know I, what I, I'm I talking remember. about. I just know from being a combo geek. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. So you go to Taiwan, <laughs> get your seven days, because mm-hmm. there's not many guys we've interviewed that
3: actually did it. And what, ever, uh, went to Taiwan.
2: No, get your seven-day R and R from oh, getting the POW. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, we all did. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, the the uh, Mike Crimmins got pictures of three Americans. Um, uh, when he was uh, on an op- operation with Frank Opel, mm-hmm. and um, and they were wearing berets. What? Yeah. And they uh, he mentioned that on his sitrep, and uh, and he got pictures of it. And they took the team out right away. They ex-filled the team, put him on a chopper with a camera, and flew him right straight to Saigon.
2: They ever figure out who the three guys
3: were? Never heard. You know, never heard. Mike never heard. Mike said, oh, here's the camera. Okay, thank you, son. You can get, go see it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wow. But if you caught one. Ooh. Americans were $15,000 each, I think. Is probably. that right? Yeah, the prices. Uh, I know there's a ten thousands for Chinese right and then for a russian russians they were um, all in that range and then um vc was 200 bucks yeah but uh, uh, regular nva was probably a thousand or something you
2: figure you get a bonus for getting a cook at least you come back cook a couple meals for it you know
3: (laughs) 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 but i guarantee you, um when they did that this was a a history channel show that i did um uh, secrets of the arsenal it's called behind enemy lines okay and uh, and uh and they when they show, as the media does, you know, oh, you can't just get out with that prisoner without being contact. We got to have a gunfight, you know. So, but I don't think we got any contact. We met we ran away. We called the exfil, chopper landed. We all the two choppers because of the um, people we had. We had put them on two choppers and flew in straight into too and I don't think we got any contact. So,
2: that's a nice that, change.
3: Oh yeah, and so I think probably because we 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 knew we were in two large base camps, uh, we had gone into one and they saw they didn't see us but they heard something and and so we turned around and ran real quick because we we have done that a couple of times because they think you're game yeah, you know, deer or boar or something like right that. right and so you know we take off real quick and i said well that was a close one sit trap said well okay let's go and try this other camp and, yeah yeah you know kind of sneaking around trying to find stuff and so I'm pretty pretty sure that after we got that POW and they interrogated him that day uh, or that night, I bet you they'd be 52 because there was two large base camps. Wow. You know?
2: So and again, your terrain there is pretty flat. Or was that this was triple? Fairly,
3: no, that I think that was fairly flat. Yeah, and yeah. then what
2: kind of canopy?
3: What, uh, what single, double? I don't think it was triple. It was, no, yeah, it was probably just double stuff. Um,
2: you were able to move a little more yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But not be on the trails, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah. Never do trails. Never. <laughs> Never do trails. You know.
2: <laughs> well, were you there when? Uh, no, no you, you arrived in '69 at uh, at the CCS. That was after February, because my uh, my high school quarterback Hal Krosky yeah. was on that team, and he was yeah. KIA in
3: February of '69. Yeah. But you I got here just after that. Just after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Shriver. Yeah. Just, just yeah. after all that.
2: And he was yeah. April of 69. Yeah. And because Mad Dog had been up to CCN, mm-hmm. and Eldon Bargell's recon team went into a base area that just had stay-behinds. He pushed them out. Next day, Jerry went in with his hatchet force, and they had 15 helicopters loaded with intel, maps, mm-hmm. rations, and uh, that was one of Jerry's really major successes. Yeah. And this is up at CCN. Go along with everything Man. you did down south. Wow, yeah. In his spare time, he and Klaus were up there with us. Yeah. <laughs> Good God! Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so uh. you were there. You arrived after Jerry. This was a uh, uh, listed as KIA. Yes. Then. Yeah. Okay.
3: So that probably tightens it. I don't. Did I say March? Or it's April? It was his. Was April. So I got there right after him. In right. April. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Welcome to CCS. Yeah when you have legends like that going down. <laughs> and
3: then, so Lieutenant John Potter was there? Can't remember the name. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so your team? Lieutenant yeah. Ash, and the ones I remember Lieutenant Ash and, uh, and Troy Gilly. Oh, of course. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. and then uh, Troy was just, um, he's one of those legends, too, because he's such a good officer. Mm-hmm. Finding good officers and having people that appreciate what we're doing on the ground, mm-hmm. he understood.
3: He was uh, Intel, I think, S2. I don't know. And then he ended up running recon. Did he? Yeah, and say, and Lieutenant Ash ended up. In fact, I took him uh, on his first time, Lieutenant Ash. You broke him in. Yeah. The, the colonel wanted him to be the team leader. And I said, I went and talked to the colonel, just, sir, you know, at least let him be strap hanger. I mean, he's got to at least learn a little. Yeah. Something. And, uh, and he said, yeah, okay. And so he... Uh, he, uh,
2: he, uh, was that Fred Lindsay then? Who was the uh, OIC at that point? Yeah, it's Fred Maybe. Lindsay. Was, yeah, that name, I know Fred. Because he, he listened to his men.
3: Yeah, I think so. I um, forgot about Fred. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah,
2: but he's uh, still around. Or, still around, yeah, he's about <laughs> 88, 89 now. Yeah. <laughs> and still yeah. going strong. Yeah. Um, God bless him. But he was an officer that was that cared about the recon I know Pete Bassetta always spoke highly of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, God, who else was it? But, but Pete had the highest regards for him. Yeah. And man, Pete was a hard sell for any officer. So <laughs> Pete signed yeah. off, you knew yeah. that he was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so any other missions that come to mind that stick out for you where the shit was in the fan and you're going, I'm not sure if we're going to get back to Canada or not on this one.
3: Um well, uh, when Coffer was killed, yeah, I took over the team His team. Oh, when that. was that?
2: Uh, what happened there? We were
3: we were heading we were doing a um um to the a trail watch. Mm-hmm. And we could hear machinery. And we could hear him doing some work. And it was an open field and we're walking along the, the tree line, heading over to where we could overlook where you know, get sure. down and look down, see what they were doing. And everybody walked by this point. Everybody walked by, and, and I looked, and it was, again, uh, a, a man, a soldier, uh, doing like a, uh, what do you call it, a, an LP, an OP, just yeah. sit there to watch, which makes sense, actually, because sure. it was on the tree line with an open field. But he made another lesson well learned. He made an eye contact and if i've learned i learned that a long time ago or in, in in when i was there is that you can not move you can hunker down and not move and people walk right by you and don't ever make eye contact for some reason when you look at somebody in the eye if you're hunkered down for some reason they catch you and uh, he made eye contact and obviously he hadn't done it with any of the other guys on the team yeah he made eye contact with me so i lit him up yeah and um and so shit you know i on contact and there happened to be a, a, a B-52 bomb crater close by which makes a great place to jump into oh yeah um, and so there was ever and we had a third guy new guy it was a radio guy boiling um, and um, Fak was flying over and he's firing either smoke or whatever he had with him and he said you got a bunch of guys coming in on you they're coming up the hill coming in your area and so we got into a contact just off it in the tree line and uh and all of a sudden uh big explosion and and it just I mean it threw it, it, when I when I came and through, you're in the bomb crater in now. the bomb crater something happened like a grenade or something in the bomb crater and it, it looked like meat splayed along a walk you know like the bomb crater is kind of looks like a walk right? sure yeah and everybody's just laid out around this thing yeah um I'd gotten shot here I got a shrapnel in here which cut the artery no, which I'd never seen, and blood actually does spurt. It squirts. It, it yeah. squirts out. That's the first time that I've seen that. Coffer uh, took one right between the eyes, right there. Boiling that? Yeah, same explosion. Um, oh. Boylan, the radio guy went right through his knee. Um, and my one of my yards got it, he got in one cheek and out the other, but uh, it didn't hit any teeth. So, yeah, so he, I don't know, he either was yelling or he had his mouth open, but it went in chi- one cheek and out the other. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Koffer was uh, not breathing. So when I finally came to, and I, so I, uh, uh, I stuck my finger in this hole, and I, you know, had my car and my other hand. Well, that doesn't seem yeah. to be working, you know. And and so I, I did that, and that yeah. stopped the the blood the bleeding yeah and I went over to coffer and I gave him CPR and and he started breathing again which was good yeah got him back got him breathing again Um, and so they brought in the slicks uh, gunships and um i always love it when they like this gunships, and you know they're out of ammo when the pilot reaches out with his pistol man yeah I mean, that's you know, a bad sign that's a bad sign <laughs> so but uh, anyway they dropped uh, rope ladders and i hate rope ladders oh, I but know. they dropped rope ladders uh, f- for us to get out so you had enough so, canopy
2: they couldn't land
3: yeah and no i don't know why i mean i would have thought they could but, yeah but you know but anyway you're on the ground you're not yeah, yeah. i maybe i didn't see things from that perspective you know <laughs> But uh, I couldn't, obviously, take um, coffer up the, the, the rope ladder, so I stable and snap-linked them in right. the, on the rope ladder, which made it easier to climb up. Sure. And so, radio guy climbed up with a hole through his knee. He climbed really? down the rope ladder. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Adrenaline oh, is a really it do is. something, man. But uh, And I, I thought he carried his radio with him, but he, he apparently, no, he emptied the, his uh, car into the, his ruck with the radio and all that. Um, I guess he took the pads with him. I don't know uh, the cac pads. But anyway, so I'm getting up, and this is – I was I – was, there's more. There are a lot of funny stories. That, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of funny That's why stories, we're here today. You know, and so climbing the rope ladder, mm-hmm. and, and, and if I could finally get up, oh, man. And I, for some reason, I had buttoned my shirt down. I had – it was rolled up. And I You I didn't put it, a bandage or anything, and, anything on the wound? No. I just rolled my thing down like yeah. that, right down, like in both arms. Sure. I, I, I don't know why. And I'm getting up the rope ladder, and I get into the chopper, and I do that, and I guess the blood had pooled up somehow in that, um, my shirt. So when I like that, all this blood came out, oh and the prop wash coated the entire inside of the chopper. <sighs> Man, <laughs> the, all the windscreen in front of the pilots. But the thing that was funny is it coated the uh, door gunner's plexiglass thing. Yeah, yeah. And he like that, and he just and he barfed <laughs> <laughs> and barfed all over his mic. And I, for somehow I know I shouldn't, but somehow that was just funny for me. I just thought that was funny. Oh yeah, and hearing and, your
2: story today, it's
3: funny. Yeah. So we we, we went back to um, it was the southern southern launch site. So we went back into Quan uh, um, Loi, and Coffer died that night. Sue oh. uh, went off to the one of the um, yard, uh, one of the Vietnamese hospitals. Right. And uh, and they took care. They just bandaged this up, and uh, you know. I see. I, it's Did not they get much. the shrapnel out? No, it's still there. So, no. Yeah, the, when they were doing a something, uh, I took an X-ray for this arm for something. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and it's not a big metal. It's just a real teeny little piece. Just and enough so it, to make you bleed a lot. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. Well, thank it's, God it wasn't too there. big, because your finger couldn't have worked if yeah. it was too big. Yeah. So anyway, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> My God. But I went to see the. Um, the the yards didn't get a lot of respect from the Vietnamese, as you know, oh, and yeah. especially if it was a Vietnamese hospital. I was worried about him, so quite rightly, down, yeah. And I went down to that hospital and made sure that he had what he needed to have and that he was good, sure. you know. And then also made sure his family was taken care of, making sure they got his paychecks and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And he uh, Kit, he um, Kit was the one that was uh, shot through the cheeks, and he was there for a week or two when he came home. And man, uh, yeah, just another day. Another day, Another day in par- sog. Paradise.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so, yeah. Uh, so uh, what did you see in terms of escalated uh, efforts against the recon teams or the AO toughening up? Uh,
3: I guess they're all they were always tough. I never really noticed things. I mean, it got worse and worse because uh, or worse like worse, spe- You know, especially down in the 80-90 series. Yeah now but,
2: uh, when you say 80
3: 90 i think of the uh, triple um the paris peak area yeah paris okay. bacon fish oak areas uh, and um and i think what we, we a lot of the stuff was kind of weird a lot of the stuff they wanted us to take soil samples and always uh, yeah tree uh, um, vegetation uh, veget- vegetation and stuff all the stuff prior to the invasion uh, oh because that's they, you know I, I can't remember where they invaded but i think it was in that paris peak area Oh, is that right? Uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Somebody would have to correct me on that one. Right. So um, what was
2: right. the difference? Because um, Paris Peak and then the other area, what was the difference between the two?
3: I, didn't see, I don't think they're both hot targets. Bad. Uh, yeah, bad, bad targets. It's the same the ones up north. They're bad targets. Some might oh, be yeah. a little easier than others, but they don't need you to go in the easy ones. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> bad. And I can't remember. Um, some, area, some areas were flat but I didn't really do too much on the flat areas. I mean, it was nice uh, on the flat ones because it made it a heck of a lot easier. But it's just the ones that I hated when you... When got you're a climbing. hump. Oh, and you're climbing by grabbing the, the uh, uh, some branches or, or the, the base of a small twig Trig. to try yeah. to pull you... Oh, man, and that's just... And you get to the top. Welcome and, to the jungle, baby. Yeah, ain't that <laughs> yeah. something. Get to the top, and <laughs> just fall back. And I got to I take a break, man.
2: So uh, in April 70, I went home april 70 you could have gone home but you said mm-hmm. oh i think i'll hang around just a little longer yep so when your d came up what happened because a lot of people don't
3: realize a lot of our guys extended um we well, well here's a funny story so um you can you can uh, re-up i found out for uh, six months and you get uh a cash you get 30 days leave anywhere in the world and a bunch of money. I can't remember how much. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember. It was a good hunk of money. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Back in those days. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so so me being the hustler, I was always the, the scrounger. And, you know, <laughs> I said, uh, hey hey guys, you know, why don't we get us airline tickets, the most expensive airline tickets we can get from uh, Saigon, Seattle, yeah, Seattle Tacoma or whatever. That yeah. Oh, back they, there. Okay. You know, from from uh, Fort Lewis area, whatever that c- civilian airport is. And I said, so i was doing some research, and however I was doing that, and I found the most expensive ticket goes from Seattle, Tacoma, to Tierra del Fuego, the uh, southern tip of South America. And I said, now, what we ought to do, and there's five or six of us all, did the re- all re-upped. One, two, three, four, five. There's five of us all re-upped. Really? <laughs> who, are the, who are the other co-conspirators here? Mike Kremins. Okay. Can- another Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Frank Opel and Nimsey and pletcher no and, okay and so um and so we get we get to the airport and i was like man we're gonna turn it in for cash and then y'all go and do whatever you want oh, yeah. and uh, so we get there and we said uh, uh, we just want to turn these in we don't really want to go to Tierra del fuego we just want the cash and she goes uh i'm sorry but those are military issued tickets i can't do that
2: oh no <laughs> And, the hustler gets hanged. Yeah, I,
3: oh, oh, man. I said, you, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're going <laughs> to kill me, man. I said, you know, I mean, I mean what are you going to spend your 30 days with penguins, man? I said, oh, this is going to be a killer. So they, um, I yeah. said, well, you've got to do something. She said, well, I'll tell you what I can do then. I'll I'll, uh, I'll exchange them for other tickets. I can't give you any cash, but I'll let you fly somewhere, and which is probably about the same, I guess. Too bad. The cash would have been nice. But. So, anyway, I went home to Canada. Mike went home to Canada. Frank went to Miami where he bought some property. And Fletcher-Nimsey uh, went to uh, Copenhagen. Oh, wow. Spent, spent 30 days in We Copenhagen. know
2: why they went there. Yeah, man. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you take your 30 days, you come bouncing back, pick up
3: uh, right where you left off with uh, R.T. Pick? Yeah, I went home. I re-upped, but I had just been wounded Wounded again? Uh, no, this is when I got wounded in the face. I just got I, yeah. I was just getting better from being wounded in the face from the carpet? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, from them hitting the front sight. Yes, shatter, sir. And all that stuff. Right. And uh, and so when I landed, um, my mom and dad were at the airport, and um, we you know, we all got home. But they got the family doctor came over and he wanted to do X-rays and check me out. And and that's when he I did X-rays and he said, "Man, you're lucky because it didn't get my eyes." Oh know, yeah, like from here on down. And he said it's just a, you know m- not superficial, but and nothing, no big deal. You know? Wow. Yeah. Said, it ain't <laughs> fatal. It, no big deal. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you don't
2: mind carrying extra metal around?
3: That's it. Oh my God. So I, you know, stayed my uh, thirty days there with uh, mom and dad, and, and then um, and then Mike drove down from where he lived. It was not too far from me. And then we drove back, uh, I, I guess we, I can't remember where we went. I guess we just went to Buffalo or was that another time? I can't remember. Anyway, they flew us back to Fort Lewis and back to RT Pick. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So
2: by then you come back, the AO is toughening up a little bit. And uh, any particular missions that come to mind when you return for essentially a second tour of duty?
3: Well, here's one that everybody talks about, i I know they're going to want me to talk about it tomorrow. Indeed. Um, Let's um, get a preview. Frank Opel was a, the other team I ran with. Yes, sir. With Team uh, All. Got to fix out that one in Augur. Indeed. <laughs> <All>. and uh, And <laughs> he and I were playing Chinese checkers in my hooch, and uh, I could tell something was wrong. He was down. And he goes, uh, what's the matter, Frank? And he goes, nah, I, just, I got this operation I want to go on. And... And uh, my uh, 1 1, I won't say his name, but my 1 1 doesn't want to go with me. He doesn't want to do it. And, uh, and we had been imbibing. And a frank, little bit, of yeah, course. Oh, yeah. And Frank <laughs> has his famous drink of scotch and root beer. Scotch not, and root beer? Scotch and root beer. Oh. And, uh, and I'm doing whatever I'm drinking. And, uh, and uh, I said, Oh, I said, don't worry about it, Frank. Shit, I'll go with you. Yeah. And he said, Yeah, yeah, I'll go with you, man. No, like, hey, it's your move. Let's go. And so the next day, I've got a picture of him that Jason has um because Hardy, right. I gave him all of my pictures um there's some classics uh, in there yeah and he he was coming from the talk back to me and he's got his floppy hat on that he always wore he's got a grease gun for some reason he always loved carrying that damn grease gun that was his weapon of choice really and he had his trench knife out one of those brass knuckles with the blade and he's like this and he's he's looking at me <laughs> and he can give me a big grin on his face and I go what's he go what's going on he says well we're on man I said, yeah. Oh, 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 what? He says, yeah. We're that, that operation, you said you'd go with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going. I said, oh, all right. Well, what are we doing? Uh, well, we're gonna parachute in. <laughs> <I'm>, what? What? <laughs> said, he said we're gonna we're gonna do a jump. I said, well, okay. Um, and and so, his little people were trained up to to jump. Uh, probably, but not. Probably not. But these were his team were Chinese nungs, Oh, I and mean, yeah. I mean he had a whole team of, of Charlie uh, was it Charlie Chan or Jackie Chan's? Yes, I call them a, a whole bunch of Jackie Chan. These tough little guys. Oh, they're good. Um, and so they gave us uniform um, helmets. The only difference was we had a like a smoke jumper helmet. It was like a football helmet with a big wire cage. Right. And uh, and, and so they roped up the uh, 20th SOS, one of their Hueys, because they had you know uh, navigating at night. Roped really? it up, yeah, and so they roped it up. So we're going to do a night jump, but we're going to do a practice jump. So we're going to go down to uh, probably Longton yeah, and uh, and jump into Longton so the guys can practice their uh, navigating. So okay, that's cool. So and I can't remember whether they had a green light or somebody just said go or whatever. Right. But you know, anyway, uh, so word got out, go. So we all rolled out of the chopper, and uh, and everything went fine and landed. And we're gathering up our gear, and then all of a sudden, the whole the the, the whole field that we landed in lit up with floodlights, and, and what the hell? And uh, Frank said, hey, "Put your weapon down and put your arms up." And and so we did. well all did this. Um, we had landed in a front of a Korean military base, oh. and, and the, these are the rocks. Rocks. Ah, oh yeah. Stuff. I'm surprised they didn't shoot, but we put our arms up. And uh, uh, stayed that way. A jeep, the gate opened, and a, a jeep eventually came out. Uh, we got loaded up in a jeep or two jeep or whatever, took us back in to talk. Frank gets on the phone and uh, to to someone in Saigon. And this is your
2: practice job That
3: was our practice job in <laughs> in, a Sa- in Saigon, and they came and picked us up, took us to House Ten, and then yeah. probably and then brought us home on the yeah. Ride, and house the Ten was
2: a safe house in Saigon for yeah. a Sog. Yeah, and, and uh, the spook and Spook ink would slum there a little bit once in yeah. a
3: while. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my So we God. get back and we're going to do a jump now. Um, yeah, we don't. Now need you're another, so qualified. Yeah, we don't need a practice jump anymore. Let's just go do it. <laughs> yeah. You know?
2: So what was the mission? You were going to jump into. Don't know if what the, I can't remember
3: what the mission was. Yeah, because you're,
2: you're a strap hanging yeah. with your buddy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so, but I'm the one one. Yeah. You know, there were just the two of us and three nungs. And so we land, we, we parachute out at night. I guess some thirty miles in Cambodia, and no. damn Nung broke his ankle. No, yeah. So, so we hunkered down because um, I was wondering what the hell are we going to do with the gear. You, like in the movies, do you bury it or like yeah. what do you do with it? I don't know. The
2: parachute right, and, and, and riggers and everything. And, all that stuff. and you had an emergency shoot too?
3: No, no, no. It's a the big award, not an award. The certificate that I got here at Bragg when they took all of us guys who yeah. done combat jumps. Uh, 500 feet above ground level, Car 15, no reserve, uh, uh, sterile shoot, sterile equipment.
2: No kidding. And 500 feet.
3: 500 feet. And wow. I've heard somebody say that they did it at 400 feet, but 500 feet is what our um, certificate says. You barely have time so, to get your shoot open, yeah. let alone do a PLF. Especially out of a, out of a, a chopper. Yeah. You know? So the prop wash going to give you a little extra downward yeah. encouragement there. You think so? Anyway, <laughs> we. Um, we, we hunkered down for the night, and they came and uh, picked up the, the, uh, his non and all the gear and throw it in a chopper. So it was just a regular. It might have been parachuted in, but it was just. A, and, but it, still the first one. Oh, yeah. You know, but it, it was just all compromised. So, and we didn't stay very long either. Uh, I remember we were only there uh, one night maybe, maybe two at the most, but we got shot out of that one, and, and they pulled us out. Wow. So
2: know, that's with the broken ankle?
3: No, well, they came in and took him out. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they came in the next morning, picked up all the gear and the Nung. So basically, it's a compromise, just like a regular insertion. Yeah. You know, we had jumped in, but they had to come in and pick the Nung up. because So then to, you
2: continued on with the four-man team. Yes. Or did you replace? Yeah, no, four-man.
3: Kept on with the four-man team. And how long were you able to stay on the ground? Like I said, maybe about two, only about two days. We weren't very long from that one. I didn't... I guess with sometimes when coffer was running it, we'd end up having to be, be a little bit longer. We could maybe last it out for four or five days. Uh, in fact, I've probably done a four or five day too, but not very, very seldom. Usually right. it's just a one or two day thing. You're in Because at
2: it, some point right? they they learn that you're there, either yeah. through RDF or other compromise. Or uh, somebody
3: told them that we were coming, you know, that all yes. of that rumor's there.
2: Oh yeah. You know? Well, you know, in uh, John Plaster's pictorial book, mm-hmm. Near the end, there's a picture of Speedy Gasbard mm-hmm. with the NVA spy. Ah, and at Because Speedy didn't know it at the time. But after the war ended in, in uh, April 30, 1975, the spy received the highest award that North Vietnam gave to its spies. I didn't know that. He was there with Speedy Gasbard in SOG headquarters. I'll be. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, mm. they had trail watchers. Yeah. And they had, you know... Oh, bunkers. I mean. You heard Mike Taylor yesterday, which which, by the way, you and I are here together today uh, as part of the third Special Forces Group uh, SOG Heritage Week. And it's a SOG symposium where more than 20 SOG men come together. And this is um, November the 9th today, Mm -hmm. uh, 2021, just for the record. And uh, we're here to get a chance to finally meet each other. I heard so much about Mm -hmm. you and your legendary exploits <laughs> in CCS, and so we're finally able to connect today. But um, while you're here, they're talking about that combat jump, and you'll be one of the guest speakers today or tomorrow.
3: I think he said they've got other speakers for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said he's, he wants to talk to me about the um, silver pistol, the combat jump, and the bow and arrow. And yeah. All we, that. So well, let's uh, let's go to the bow uh, and arrow before we go to the silver pistol mm-hmm. because the silver pistol. I gotta tell you something that's funny. <laughs> I didn't know what the word symposium. What, what does symposium mean? It's a gathering for an official gathering to learn, share. That's, it's a gathering officially. Yes. Google it. Okay. Yep, that is the first definition. You know what the second definition is? What? A drinking party. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> I that man. See, you would know that, Bob. And that's something. Ain't that something? I thought, <laughs> something. Uh,
5: uh,
3: too but, funny. Uh, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, the um, we had spent. The biggest thing we could do is catch a POW. Sure. Mean, they, you, know, you were not, ready for another R&R. You hadn't yeah. had one in a while. We have, we have our priorities, yes. but they wanted the intel. I didn't give a shit about the intel. I wanted yeah. my money and another R&R. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and so uh, we tried different tech, different kind of, uh, different ways, you know, sure. how you do it, setting up ambush and stuff like that. How many that.
2: different ones did you try?
3: Tried two. Okay. Um, uh, the, the one I, one I tried, uh, I'll mention this tomorrow, is I took a Claymore. And I peeled the front off a of claymore with all the pellets. Right. So all I had was the C4. Right. And then I, I took a plastic bag full of the CS powder, and I packed the whole thing with CS powder oh. so that now that would stun somebody for a second or two before you had to go jump on them. Yeah. Right. When you think. Yeah. And so um, coming down the trail, and, uh, and you're and in the and, ambush position. They're yeah. coming down the trail now. Yeah. How many is they? Only two. Ooh, it was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they had their weapons slown. Nice. You look like that. So, yeah. oh, this is going to be perfect. Fired the claymore, and uh, wasn't really expecting that kind of a blast, but it had blown. It blew the so, it was so concussive. It blew the powder over these guys. It didn't even bother them. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, and so they turned around, and of course, and started firing. We all started firing, and we took off and got pulled out. So oh. that was uh, that was one of our. But see, that's trying to catch the POW. Of course. So okay, uh, we could probably have f- figured that out, but I had a longbow with me.
2: Yes, this is what I we were so, trying to get yeah, around so to here. I had a longbow with me, and I on one that. mission, you just wait, wait. So were you drinking at night to say maybe tomorrow I'll take a long bow and arrow with me to the mission in Cambodia?
3: Yeah. Okay. A whole bunch just, of arrows. Yeah, a whole Not bunch. Not just one arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so. Uh, but I was practicing with the yard I play with the yards. We, sure they of had course. their crossbows and we were shooting the little cardboard milk containers and you know and I'd use the Lombow. Yeah. Oh Graham number one, same same cinema, you know, and all yeah, that yeah. same the way they Very the yards cool. are, yeah. yeah. And um and I said, Well let's take the let's take the uh, the silenced weapons aren't silenced. No. You know, there's the subsonic. Just still a little uh, metallic. All the Clark and all that kind of stuff. the only silenced one is those beautiful little Browning twenty twos. Mm hmm. Wish I'd stolen one. But uh, anyway, <laughs> too much of Boy Scout, I guess. Indeed. So anyway, we figured let's take the uh, let's, let's let's take the bow, we'll take the bow. It was a heavy team. Um, actually, it was t- Lieutenant Ash's first operation. I had um, Frank Opal went with me. Okay. Mike Cremens. You're my the 1-0. zero. One. I'm the one zero. Mike Cremens is my one one, uh, and then I've got Lieutenant Ash and uh, uh, Opal and a guy named Boylan. So that's a lot of Americans. Oh, yeah. That's like five Americans and three yards.
2: So but you had gone into S3 and said, I got an idea. We yeah. had a good drink last night. <laughs> I want to do this and give me yeah. some more Americans. And, the, yep. and you went, went forward.
3: They let us do anything. Yeah. They pretty well let us do anything within reason, but they, yeah. they could do any of that stuff. Okay. So um, now you're on the ground with six men so, with your longbow. Yeah.
2: Did they take crossbows or anything? No. Back no, no, up? no.
3: <laughs> no, 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 Just ammo. Guns and ammo. <laughs> Guns and ammo. Guns and ammo. Yeah. And, uh. But I did have my uh, uh, vest. Yes. With my um, and I didn't have my M79 with me, but I did have my vest for rounds because for for Lieutenant Ash, he okay. was an M79. Yeah. And um, and so we so we land and, uh, and we're moving off the um, the uh, the LZ and there's bunkers. Whoa. And I said, well, and so we got in contact with them from the bunkers. We're firing back. This is not working. So uh, <laughs> bad decision, Rob. So go back to another uh, bomb crater, yeah. which isn't perfect, and uh, and so lots of firing going on back and forth, and uh, and I uh, I actually fired the, the used the bow and uh, fired three or four arrows at it and jumped up and screamed and did all that kind of stuff and true story I'm not bullshitting they broke contact they stopped shooting at us no yep they stopped shooting at us and we all kind of looked at us and choppers then arrived and. You know, shot the place up and whatnot and landed, and everybody got pulled out, and nobody was hurt. So did you get you know? any enemy with your boat or you were aware of? Well, I think so, but, you know, if <laughs> if I did, if I did, I'm sure they got a American Legion in North Vietnam somehow, you know, like their own version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And there's a guy saying, you ain't going to believe this one. <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I
3: don't know. But, I, but, you know, I jumped up. I fired— i think i might even left the bunker um moving towards them uh that's i think that's what the award says so i really can't remember but i i don't think i did but anyway this was inter- your
2: award that you received the the award for valor was
3: for that for that whole operation
2: yeah but the award was a bronze star silver oh, bronze star, star yeah bronze star bronze star with yeah. valor oh, yeah yeah i got
3: five, it, five of those <laughs> five yeah and how five. many purple
2: hearts two should,
3: yeah, that, I didn't get one for this. It cracked a rib, but no blood. So Yeah, no blood. So, yeah, the, yeah. Blood stays on the inside. Rule number <laughs> one. A <laughs> couple of basic rules, you know. So anyway, that, that, it was a bullshit thing. Um, uh, yeah, but and, that's, and that's part of your legend, Rob. Well, it's one of the reasons why uh, I think not, First of all, I don't uh, know many one
2: zeros. I'll let anybody from SOG that actually goes into the AO with a bow and arrow. Thank you. I'm sorry. But we're officially on record with that.
3: Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I think it's one of the reasons why, not me, but we were all at that. The men that I ran with were all 18, 19-year-old kids. Yeah. You know? I mean, they'll do anything. Hard charging. And we all went through the same psych test to get into SF. Right. And so we all think exactly. the We're all different shapes, but we're all the same up inside. Yeah. Uh, so we're all a little bit bent. Indeed. Everybody's willing to carry that bow kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's – the thinking changed with SF. And that's why now you'll see – because I, I do some of that point sitting for the compass course. Yes. And uh, I've done it twice.
2: Along um, with Jack Tobin.
3: Yeah. Jack does yeah. it all. He does every one.
2: Colonel Tobin's out there.
3: Hardcore, that one. Oh, yeah. But I um, uh, hope he's feeling – he's not feeling well lately, but I hope he's okay. He
2: came to the, he came to the SFA yeah. reunion. Yeah, he and Betsy were there. He's all dot up in the tuxedo. Of course, Betsy looks. Yeah, she's a wonderful gal.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was supposed. To, I was supposed to be with him this weekend, um, and he he couldn't come to our little get together because he was sick. He sounded real bad. Oh, is that right? But yeah, this is on Saturday.
5: We better do a so, comma so, uh, check when we get done. Yeah.
3: So, um, anyway, I think SF. I talked to Chris Crane, and he said nowadays I've noticed the SF guys are older. When they come in going through the sure. selection, they're more mature. Um, they're all in their mid to late 20s. They've all had a couple of um, downrange, a couple even of operations. Even x rays. Yeah. And then even the kids, like the, the high school or the college high school yeah. kids come in, right? They can come right out, 18. And, uh, so I was talking to a couple of them, and they seem to be pretty squared away. They are. There, you know, Today's so, Green Beret is just yeah. amazing. Oh, the athletes. I mean, just, you know, it's no longer like it was when we were in, when I was in. Indeed. You know, it's just, and I, when I was in, I did a lot of work in, in Baghdad, uh, security work with, uh-huh. at the embassies and stuff like that, and uh, that's one of the things I've noticed, and I've mentioned it to everybody, that the American military nowadays, even the, the truck driver, back in the day, the truck drivers with us weren't, you know, okay of, they look like cooks. You know, well, these guys, everybody in the Army nowadays is 100% professional. Okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just impressed as hell with the military, but...
5: Uh,
2: and our uh-huh. SS troops in particular. So yeah. um, as we're heading down the windup trail here, talk to us about the silver pistol a little bit because you earned it and- Well, uh,
3: it, it's kind of strange. It's nothing big deal about it.
5: Uh, you well,
2: know, yes it is, but well, it's you're, a big you're, deal you're deal being to, humble Rob well, here.
3: No, because I talked to pl- you talked to Plaster and I said, right. well, how many? And I think they made 50. I think this is what he was saying. I think they made 50 and they actually gave out 19. To SF, the rest of them probably went to the generals and colonels and whatnot. Right? <laughs> and so, I don't know how many people got them. See, he said nineteen. I know there are maybe five at at CCS got them. Pletcher Opel got one. Liberty got one. Anyway, and we're talking to Browning nine
2: millimeter yep. silver. Yeah, that, that chrome
3: plated one. Right. It's in a nice little mahogany box with velvet right. and a little plaque your And they gave it
2: to to the Recon guys mm-hmm. at the end of your tour of duty. Yeah. As as an exemplary service. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Here's something for you to take home, show your grandchildren someday. Yeah.
3: So I I still have it. I uh, another funny story. So I Always. took it I took it back to Canada. And yeah. I, and I've got all the documentation and paperwork war trophy authorized authorized to travel with it and all. And of course, it was a lot easier back then. Get on the helicopter, and uh, I mean, on the airplane, and the pilot told, told the pilot, "No, he said, just let me have it in the cockpit." And I said, "Yes, that's cool." Get off in Toronto. My mom and dad are there. My, I, sh- I don't even mention that thing to them. Like it's in my duffel bag or in my whatever it is. Get back to the house, and I show, and I'm showing my dad, mom, and dad, and look at what they gave me. And I said, "Oh, that's pretty cool." And he said, uh, uh, "He said I think you know what I ought to do is is uh, I ought to take it over to the police station." My dad, at this point, was a federal was a judge. Oh. So I'm going to take it to the police station, and they'll put it in their armory, and because uh, for safekeeping. And I said, okay, you know, fine, sure. we need that. And uh, and so, yeah, ten years later, or whenever I can't remember, but I wanted I had, I, but I kept the box. So the box kept. I, I I had I couldn't come back into the U.S. By the way, uh, once I was in Canada, they wouldn't let me come back in unless I got another green card. No. I was still I was a Canadian citizen. Oh. <sighs> Isn't that something? After all something. that time, after yeah. eighteen months of serving our yep. country, and, and couldn't come back. Good old so, border patrol, huh? Yeah. So, um, and I had been deported several times um, <laughs> because they, you can't hitchhike. You, you, if you hitchhike, they take it back to the border, and you got to sign papers and all that crap. When I was younger, anyway. So, <laughs> I got the I got this mahogany. I got this box, and I got to get my pistol back. So my my dad went to the um, uh, police department and got the pistol out and cuz I, I t- went to ATNF and they mm-hmm. said no it's a war surplus weapon is not allowed and I appealed it and appealed it and I kept getting no 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 you can't bring it back unless you weld it s- weld it slide and put lead in the barrel or something like that oh my gosh so, which I'm not going to do of course so I waited until my wife was coming across the border with her baby with a diaper bag when I just shoved it in the diaper bag <laughs> so wow I brought it over uh, in the diaper bag and I got it back I, wow. now, now I got it
2: well, we're at that point where our schedule's getting a little tight here. Ordinarily, we go on a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but we're on a tight schedule. So any final thoughts on terms of your service at CCS, and which was uh, of legend, the bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and uh, your commanders were impressed enough to give you that silver mm-hmm. uh, Browning 9mm. So yeah. any, th- any final no. thoughts? No. no,
3: no, thank you. Well, well it's, it's my pleasure,
2: and uh, we're at that point where um, – Today, uh, thanks to Jocko Podcast, we were able to have this production and bring it to our viewers. And we thank all the service members today in our country, the border patrol, first responders, and even the parents who are fighting for freedom in America these days. And uh, we also uh, thank the men and women who served our country in the years past as heroes, men like Rob Graham, who came from Canada to serve our country with great valor and distinction. And we also remember and salute the men and women who aren't here today who remain missing in action. Again, we thank mm. Jocko Productions and thank you for coming, Rob. Until next you. time. Thanks for having me. God bless America.
3: Yeah, you said it. Airborne. <laughs> Airborne.
2: And thank you again for sitting here for our little post-SOG uh, cast analysis. And uh, once again, you're sitting here listening to one of our CCS legends, Rob Graham. I've heard about him. I even heard about him in Vietnam, but never met him. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone through a training group with Gary Graham, who went, who was in SF. He went to Vietnam, but I never knew what happened to Gary. Mm-hmm. But heard about Rob. And so what wanted. To... Anyways, here
4: we are. So
2: your impressions, sir.
4: What a what a character! Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to meet and listen to uh, Rob's stories and. Um, the bow and arrow. <laughs> Can you get over that? <laughs> I've never in my life, you know, there's there's Marine Corps lore where, you know, uh, S- Sergeant such and such, you know, took a guy out with an E-tool. Right. Or, you know, there's all this, like, legend. Uh, and, you know, I've never heard of a, a bow and arrow being taken on an op let and, alone on a SOG mission into Cambodia and then be, on a five-man team. <laughs> Being in the middle of a firefight next to a bunker standing up and firing arrows at the enemy. <laughs> oh my god. And then he screamed and the enemy stopped. Legend, Absolutely. Uh, that's another first. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never heard of anything like that <laughs> ever. Anywhere. Ever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, incredible, incredible stories though. Um, and, uh, you know, the lessons he learned along the way, the, the little things you pick up, you know. Yeah. That stuff's so important. And uh, to his point, when it's when it's life or death, that stuff yeah. sticks with you.
2: And you uh, learn to tuck away your uh, radio antenna. Yeah. Because if people are going to ambush you, which they shouldn't ambush you, but if they are, they're going to wait for the comma guy to come by. Yeah,
4: yeah. And twice, two car 15s. Hush. <laughs> I mean, in, in the in <clears throat> not only was... Uh, Rob, lucky not to have shrapnel hit above the nose but if that round doesn't hit the front sight it hit it hits him it's going to get him direct yeah i mean gosh how how what what are the centimeters between oh. that round not hitting the front sight and gosh that's terrible how he took shrapnel the way he did um and it missed his eyes and it missed his eyes thank god um and and it missed him directly thank god yeah yeah right gosh Incredible, yeah, incredible. <laughs> Just and then, yeah, and then his jump, um, you know, uh, the the jump story was incredible, and then the um, the uh, bomb damage assessment story that's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> they insert him before the bomb, before
2: the bombs. God. That's another, I've never heard that before, yeah. Oh my god, to be on the ground because uh, we've had big bombs where you do get knocked off, you know, what it's like, yeah. And, I mean, you get lifted off the ground,
4: and it's just, oh, my God. But to be there when the arc light hits. in correction told, I don't know what that's like. No, okay. I, no, no. I don't know what it's like to be <laughs> a, a click from a massive bomb. Well, and, I don't either. I've, yeah. I've never
2: been on the ground when an arc <laughs> yeah. light landed. So, yeah.
4: And thankfully, yeah. I don't want to be. Didn't Gosh. want to be. And to come to, poor guy was dozing off. Yeah. You come to off the ground. <laughs> from the, <laughs> the concussion of a massive bomb. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Uh, well, I'm glad we were able to fit him in. And,
2: uh, Me too, sir. That's one of our uh, major SOG legends that came out of CCS. Mm-hmm. And uh, to wrap up the day here and our visit, we're gonna get back to the uh, uh, SOG Heritage Week here at Fort Bragg and Third Special Forces Group, and we thanked them for moving forward with that at this time. Any final thoughts on uh, Rob Graham, the
4: first, the one and the only? Just an incredible uh, honor and pleasure to, yeah. to meet Rob and to to hear some of his uh, very humble, you know, Indeed. stories, but just massive exploits to a guy yeah, like me. Because
2: a few years back, I re I reread one of John Plaster's books and looking at the pictures, this is the pictures he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I remember the president. I gotta meet this guy at the reunion. And so I tried to find him, and we just never connected at the reunions Mm -hmm. over the years. And so finally, here we are. And uh, last night, we got introduced, and uh, here we are bringing him out for our our SOG cast number 20.
4: So glad we got to capture those stories from from you guys. Oh, well thank you for being a part of that. We appreciate it, and and always
2: we thank Jocko Willing Productions. Yes, sir. And his right-hand man, Echo Charles. Yes, sir. (laughs) And with that, we will close out. And as always, once again, we thank all of our military today to keep our country safe, our first responders, all the law enforcement that are out there, particularly in communities where there is an effort to defund police Mm -hmm. at a time when the crime rate's going up here in 2021. We need cops Mm -hmm. on the streets, not being defunded. And we also wanna thank the men and women who served our country in the past, the people like Rob Graham, And for, as always, we salute those that are still missing in action today. And we thank Jocko Willing Productions, and we will be back another day for number 21. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. Airborne.